transitioning um, we've been in modern prayer going through the book of Colossians and on Tuesday I, I shared a word a couple of weeks ago that my wife came up and said I want to slap you <laughs> and uh, it's really about contending for your harvest amen this is the year harvest our theme for those of you who uh, may not be aware our theme is um, is um, the harvest is ready, and living your life on mission. And with seven more weeks, seven more Sundays to go, including this Sunday, uh, sometimes people say, well, you know, where's my harvest? Where's the thing that I've been believing God for? And I want to share on Tuesday a little Bible study and prayer also on how to contend for your harvest. Uh, Luke chapter 11, verse 1 and 2. Reading from the King James Version, it says, And it came to pass that as Jesus was praying in a certain place, when he ceased from one of his, when he ceased, that is when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, make sure, yeah. One of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Not teach us how to pray, teach us to pray. As John also taught his disciples, verse 2, and he said unto them, when you pray, say, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so in earth. I, I want to speak to you on the subject, the good father. The, the good father. And, and we talked last week about when, when the New Testament is written in Greek, but when... But because the Gospels are historical, they, the writer, particularly Dr. Luke, is trying to explain to a world what's going on in the setting. So although, although Luke is writing in Greek, Jesus was not speaking Greek. He was speaking in the language that, uh, that his town, his country spoke in. It's sort of like if I wrote a story about what somebody said uh, in Puerto Rico, uh, I, I would write it in English explaining it to you, but it does not mean that they spoke in English. They were speaking in Spanish. So Jesus spoke Aramaic, and, and so when he said, Our Father, he said, Abba, as we said last week, and which means Daddy, the intimate term. And what we were saying is that uh, when, we got, when we became Christians, as so many uh, individuals who testified, about giving a relationship with Jesus Christ, when we became Christians, uh, what happened is that we received the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit in our hearts, which, which illuminates us in Romans chapter 8, verse 15, and it illuminates us to say we can call God this invisible person who we do not see, yet he is real. Are you following me? 
Jesus, God is God is an invisible reality. You need to understand that. None of us, none of us have seen electricity, but we see the effects of it. Nobody can see the wind, but you can feel the effects of it. So, so if I told you the w wind is not real, you would tell me you're crazy. Because we've seen how wind can be a positive energy and also wind can cause damage. And so my point is, is that just because you cannot see God does not mean he's real. In fact, he's more real than what you can see. But how do you worship a God who you can't see? God, God created a solution. He gave us his Holy Spirit, who is also part of the Trinity. He is God also. And we receive this spirit. And as we receive the Holy Spirit in Romans chapter 8, verse 15, the Holy Spirit gives us the ability to say, wow, God, you are my father. Sort of like someone said, often they have this epiphany that, wow, God, you are real. And, and we have this spirit, Romans chapter 8, verse 15, that, that not simply says, God, you are my father, but God, you're my daddy, Abba, Father. And the scripture says that, that we weren't born of God, so to speak, meaning that we're not born of God like Jesus. We are adopted. And, and in our adoption, we have the same legal rights as if we were actually born from God. And the word adopt, we said, the word adopt comes from two Latin words, ad, which means toward, and opto, from which we get our English word options. In other words, uh, options are choices. So God says, I'm choosing you. Out of all the people in life, I choose you. E as, as Mark said, even in your sin, even in your, even in your doing opposite of what I told you to do and doing it purposely, I still choose you. The Bible says when we were enemies, God still loved us. When God says that, when the Bible says when we weren't even paying attention, when we were running the opposite way, God still went after us. What a loving father. And as I said before, you cannot do anything in life that will make God love you less. That's hard for us to comprehend because our love is based on people's actions. Our love is based on people's works. And really, uh, many of us, we don't really understand love. Uh, at least, I didn't really understand love until I had children. And once you have children, whether natural or spiritual, you, you realize, wow, even when they don't do what I want them to do, I still love them. Now, so we're talking about Abba Father deals with the attitude of God. And, and, and there's some people who just don't believe God really loves them. It's sad to say that the devil fills our minds with lies because the Bible in John 8 verse 44 says that the devil is a liar. He's a slanderer. He, and, and so what many times he, he, he constantly is, is, is bombarding our mind. That's where the warfare is. Second Corinthians chapter 10 verse 4 and 5 that we, the, the, the warfare is in the mind. And, and the Bible says we pull down every high thing, every argument that argues with God. So my point is, is that the, the, the Bible says in John, 1 John uh, 4, verse 7 8, that God is love and he loves us. But the devil constantly is, is, is creating warfare in our mind to say, God doesn't love you. Look what you just did. How could God love you? 
In fact, if you were God, you wouldn't even love you. But the good thing is, turn to the person next to you and say, good thing is, I'm not God. Come on, some of us, some of us from actions that we've done, we would say, we, you know, some of us, the way we live, if, if when we stand before God, we just say, yep, I'm going to hell. I'll send myself. <laughs> but God in his love says no. You have got to get deep in your heart that God is for you. Religion kinds of messes up, all these rules. And, and the rules are important, but the rules are basically there so that you can, watch this, incur the favor of God. The favor of God is not equivalent to the love of God. In other words, when my children, which I got adult children now, but when they were children, when they misbehaved, they fell out of my favor. All favor is this preferential treatment. They, mm, they fell out of my favor, but they did not fall out of my love. And the devil will make you think, so in other words, I'm not going to reward bad favor, but that does not mean I love, don't love them. And what the devil does, uh, again, the word devil and he's a person, he's a slanderer, he's a liar. He basically says that God loves you because of what you do. So what we try to do is, is, is we try to work to make God love us more. And that offends him. That offends him. And you wouldn't really understand that if you, unless you're a parent. If my daughter you know, came up constantly said, Daddy, Daddy, you know, this is what I did for you to love me more. Daddy, I made up my bed for you to love me more. I would be offended. I, said, I would say, what kind of father am I that my daughters have to be constantly questioning my love? So that's a whole 10 minutes of me saying, stop it. Whatever you grew up in, I, if I fast 18 days and if I do, those are works. Now, the Greek word or the word for this word, because after all, the Bible is still written in Greek. The Old Testament is Hebrew, New Testament is Greek, and, and, and Greek was like the universal language, sort of like English, uh, where, again, uh, in order for people to communicate from all parts of the world, uh, it's, it's, it's English now. Before it was French, and before that it was Greek, thanks to, thanks to Alexander the Great. Won't go into all that, but the point is, is that so Mark is trying to write to the world about this Jesus, and he writes and he uses the word, not Abba, he uses the word pater. Pater. And what I like about pater, it, it, it expresses the two sides of God, and that is Abba expresses God's attitude towards us, pater expresses God's actions to us. In other words, God doesn't simply have feelings towards us, but there's some responsibilities that he has towards us. There's things that he wants to do. So when Jesus preaches 
or teaches his disciples because they, they found him praying. And you need to understand, it's not what, you need to understand when the disciples ask Jesus to teach them to pray, it's not that they didn't know how to pray. But they, they noticed that when Jesus prayed, things happened when Jesus prayed that did not happen when they prayed. I, 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 w- I went to Catholic school and, and, um, and I knew our Father who art in heaven, but I know many times when I played football and before the football game, because it was Catholic school, we would say, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. And, and so, so, no, we all knew how to pray. We, knew, we all knew how to say prayers. But the objective of prayers is answers. I'm not praying to get religious. If you are praying and there's no answers, all you do is give a speech. Ooh. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I mean, I got better things to do. You know, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. That, that's nice, but if there's no answers, like, look, give us this day our daily bread. If there ain't, if there ain't no bread coming, why say it? Lead us not into temptation. Well, if I keep walking into temptation, I guess it ain't working. Just look straight. Just look straight, you know. The objective of prayer is their answers. So they noticed that when Jesus was praying, they're like, yo, dude, there's something going on with, with the teacher. Every time he prays, stuff, stuff be happening. So finally, they're like, all right. One, in fact, not everybody, one of the disciples said, okay, I'll ask. Hey, could you teach us to pray? And I really believe Jesus, in his, in his, he's, and notice, we mess it up again because that religious spirit. He said, when you pray, pray in this manner. He didn't say, say these words. I think that's a good word right there. He said, pray in this, in other words, use this method, not say these words. Now, there ain't nothing wrong with saying the words, but this is my wife. If I came to you every day and say, baby, you're beautiful, I love you. Baby, you're beautiful, you love you. Now, she, now she'd be cool with that for a while. But we've been married almost 36 years. 36 years, 365, baby, you're beautiful, you love you, I love you. And she comes to me, you know, Brian, uh, could, we, could you get me a new car? Uh, baby, you're beautiful, I love you. <laughs> Honey, can you get us a new house? Baby, you're beautiful. And I <laughs> Jesus called it vain repetition. And the more you repeat something, the less valuable it comes. It's in economics, they call it the law of diminishing returns. The first love you, like, that was deep. I put some economics in there, like I have, like, have a little ex- education. <laughs> the first love I love you is like, oh. The 18,000 is like, okay, yeah, right. So Jesus wants to hear different words when you pray. So the first most important thing of prayer is to understand that my prayer begins not with God, but with my Father. We know it's God, but I identify him as Father. This word Father in the Greek, it speaks of, it's the word it can be translated, a number of translations like progenitor, um, 
also uh, a progenitor and, and, well, originator, and that's what I want to deal with. Our father, or my, our originator. The word originate means source. So the beauty of prayer is I go to my father and I'm saying to him, you're my source. You're my source. And this word source, we look in dictionary, it means you're the point of my beginning. You're, you're my beginning point. You, you are my point of supply. The sad thing about many of us is that when we hit, us, hit life situations, God is not the first person we come to. God wants to be first. God wants to be the first person we go to when it comes to life. He wants to be the, he wants to be the beginning point. So Jesus says, hey, if you want to see stuff happening in your life, go to the Father first. He is your point of supply. He is your point of supply. And that I really believe that's why Paul was trying to emphasize to, to, to the, uh, the church at Philippi that he ministered to, and he's trying to encourage them. In, in Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, he says, My God shall supply some, all you need, all you need, not some, all you need according to his riches and glory. Now, too often we limit that to just material things. But God will supply all your need. He will, he will, one of the definitions of this word pater, uh, and I don't want to go through the whole etymology of it, but one of the definitions of this word pater is recruiter. Oh, this is a bad word right here. In other words, when I'm saying our father, I'm also saying, God, you're my recruiter. What does that mean? That means when whatever I need to accomplish my purpose, if I don't have it, you will recruit people into my life to get me there. Some of you, mm, some of you only got into school that you got into is because God said, you know what? In 2018, this person needs to get in this school. So what I need to do, I need to move out this person because if this person's in that position, they're certainly not going to accept your jacked up grades. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to have them get a promotion. I'm going to bring this person over here just in time to meet you so that when you sit there with your sad grades and how you can't get into that school, they're going to say, you know what? Your grades are sad, but for some reason, I'm just, I just like you. So I'm going to let you in this school. That is God recruiting people into your life so that you can get to where you're going. God will recruit people in your life so that you can get the house that you need. God will recruit people in your life so that you can reach certain people because there's certain people that only you can reach. God will bring resources into your life, but you've got to go to him first. But too many of you go to Visa Amex, discover that you're broke. Uh, <laughs> you, 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 you're going to all these things, your, your friends, your, yourself. Some of you 
are too smart for your own good. So God has to let you come to the end of yourself. All humility is. Humility is not, oh, you know, I'm a worm. And, 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 no, that's not humility. Humility simply is this, to recognize your own shortcomings. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Humility simply means, God, I'm at the end of myself. I need you. My God shall supply all your needs. And that's why one of the most important scriptures, and many of us have quoted it, one of the first scriptures we learn besides John 3, 16, is uh, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding and some of your ways. Uh, uh. And, and, and the real big problems. No, in all your ways. Acknowledge him. Let him know what you're doing. Hey, God, what, what do you think about this? You really need to get in the habit of saying, God, what do you think about this? That's, that's why the church was so powerful. It, it, it's in uh, Acts chapter 15, verse 28, where they're trying to decide whether to, whether to make Greeks uh, follow the Jewish law in order to become uh, Christians. Uh, and, and, and they decided that they didn't have to get circumcised, which I'm quite sure the men said, praise the Lord for that. And the, the scripture says that they said, it seems good to the Holy Spirit and to us. In other words, they asked the Holy Spirit first. Do you ask the Holy Spirit first? Now, oh, come on, Brian. Does it take all that? You mean if I'm in if I'm in market basket, I'm supposed to walk down each aisle, Holy Spirit? Should I get beans? Should I get you know, Should I get General Mills? No, no, no. Although it could help, because some of you would be reaching for stuff that the Holy Spirit says you don't really need that. <laughs> Do you really need those Twinkies? La, 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 la. I don't hear you. That's the devil. <laughs> Lord say, well, why don't you take that fruit? I'll read the Bible of the fruit of the Spirit, but I'm, I'm trying to have some devil dogs today. <laughs> but, we, but, but really, we, we really need to wake up in the morning and say, good morning, Holy Spirit. I need you to order my steps. There, there are decisions I need to make. There are people I need to reach. Sometimes the Holy Spirit out of nowhere will say, don't go that route. And all of a sudden, you don't go that route and you discover there was an accident. We need to, he, he's our source. Let me close with this. He, he, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. When I, w I used to work for Cambridge Hospital, and I w was a budget analyst there. And so because I was a budget analyst there, <coughs> there used to be, <coughs> excuse me, there used to be a, in order to get something supplied, you had to fill out a requisition form, uh, a rec form. It didn't look like that, but 
And so what the rec form would be, uh, you, you would order supplies. This is good. You would order the supplies you needed to fulfill your assignment. So working at the job, and this is back in the Stone Age. Uh, uh, I say that because I was the first one, believe it or not, when Maybe God was trying to tell me something, but I didn't listen. Uh, I'm horrible at computers. I am, I am computer illiterate. Okay, I'm just going to tell. Well, I'm, that's a lie. I'm not illiterate, but I'm not really. I'm not. I'm not sad. No, I'm. I'm beyond not savvy. But anyway, so I worked at Cambridge Hospital, which is well, I don't know what it's called now, but it's on Cambridge Street, Cambridge Health Alliance. I was the first one. I was the first person in that entire seven-story building to get a personal computer. I was the first. It makes me chuckle now. I was the first person to get it. My brother-in-law is looking at me like, really? Because I, I, you think I would be a little bit further now, but I was, the, I was the first person in the entire building, in the entire hospital to get a computer, personal computer. Okay. I'm so shocked I can't even remember my point. No, I don't. I can't. No, I don't. My point is, is that to do my job, they did not expect me to buy my own computer. And the doctors, when we would order their sutures and, and even huge uh, radiology uh, uh, equipment and CAT scans and all the you know, equipment that cost hundreds of thousands of dollars, they did not expect the physicians or the technicians to pay for the equipment. All they had to do was to fill out a requisition form. And my point is, is that you need supplies to accomplish God's purpose. And your prayer is a rec form. That's why the Bible says in Philippians chapter 4, make your requests known unto God. Your requests known unto God. Now, I'm quite sure many of you, you work for companies and you, and you fill out rec forms in order to order stuff. Now, now if you need, let, let's say you're a physician and you needed a CAT scan, which may cost millions of dollars. I don't know how much it costs now. I don't think after filling out the rec form and getting the proper signature that now for the next three weeks, the doctors are scared, no, pacing back and forth. Gee, I hope we get it. You think they're going to give it to us? I hope we get it. It's going to come. Now, they know it's on order. It has a number. It's out there. Vendor already proved it, but they're pacing back and forth. Oh, God, will they give it to us? No, they're like, when's it coming? You approved it. When's it coming? What? That, that's, mm, that's called faith. How many of you, oh, God, I'm asking you if you would just open this door. And God says, okay, I got it. The door's going to be open. Oh, God, you do it, yeah, God. Oh, please, 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 please. God's like, we get, please. What kind of father do you think I am? You made a request. Now you're begging me? Stop it. The rare request, it comes from a two Latin words, re 
request or require, or another requisition, require, and, and, and you know the word re means again, replay, play it again, but uh, the Latin requiro means to ask, to seek, to search, to get, to inquire, to investigate, to desire, to want. So what is Jesus saying when he says to ask? Let me give you this final scripture. Uh, and this is Luke chapter 11, verse 9 and 10. It says, Jesus says, again, he's teaching them how to pray. Are you following me? He's teaching them how to pray. And he says, so it is with your prayers, ask and you will receive. Seek and you will discover. Knock on heaven's door and it will one day open for you. Everyone, watch this, every persistent person will get what he asked for. Every persistent seeker will discover what he needs. And everyone who knocks persistently, one day the door will open. Oh, I wish I had more time, but I'm going to do that in the second service. This is the point, is that when we ask, when we make a request, we, it, it doesn't mean you ask him once. It means you go back again. You seek again. You ask again. Are you with me so far? Now, let me give you this final illustration. Because some people will tell you, if you keep asking God, that means you doubt. Again, that's a lie. That's a lie. How many of you are parents? Pat, come on, raise your hand. How many of you are uncles or aunties or godparents? Raise your hand. Raise your hand high. Okay. How many of you, your niece, nephew, godchild, your child, they come up to you and they say, um, Daddy, could you please, uh, could you, could you please take us to Disney World? Well, maybe not Disney World. Can you please take us shopping? And you're like, no, I don't got time. I'm busy. Daddy, can you please take us shopping? No, I, I don't have time. Daddy, please, 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 please. How many of you? How many of you? They keep asking you, please, 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 please. please. Oh, what would you say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How many of you have nieces, nephews who wear you out? Okay. Some of you don't want to admit it. They wear you out. They're not, they're not asking you over and over again because they doubt you. They ask you over and over again because they know you can do it. And so when we keep going back to God, it's not say, God, I doubt you. It's God said, I know you can do it, but I have to keep persistently knocking until the door is open. Turn your name and say, neighbor, could it be that you stop knocking? Have you ever lost your keys to your car just when you're ready to leave? Mm -hmm. There's a difference between looking for your keys when you don't need them. Can I get a witness? And looking for your keys when you need them. Now, I'm just going to talk about me, and then we'll pray. And you can pray for me. Because, see, when I, when I don't need my keys, I look like this. Oh, oh it's not in the pocketbook. Let me look under here. Oh, it's not here. Let me check my, oh, no keys in here. See, that's how I look when I don't need the keys. But when you're going to pick up somebody at the airport 
and you have to get there a certain time. How many of you, like me, you're not a nice person to be around? Hey, let this is a good time for confession. How many of you stop blaming people who move my keys? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. How many of you? How many of you some of you all, you need to confess. Okay, that's all right. The Lord sees your heart. He knows. How many of you, you open drawers and then you pull them out and you turn them upside down? Can I get a witness? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how you're supposed to seek for the things of God. Turn your own life upside down until God shows you where the answer is. Because the answer could start with your attitude. The reason I can't bless you is because you haven't forgiven such and such. The reason why I can't bless you is because you really don't have faith. You really don't believe me. Could it be that the Lord is waiting long because he wants to know, do you really believe I can do it? Or are you just putting up those nice prayers in Jesus' name like it's a magic wand? A good luck charm. Let's pray. Why? Because it's a good luck charm. But we have a father who wants to bless us. He wants to equip us to do what he called us to do. And every time we go into prayer, this is my requisition for. I need you to watch over my children. I need you to bless and use the Sunday school teachers as they're teaching these Sunday school kids because they only have one hour as compared to the, hundred, the other 167 hours that we don't know what's going on with our children. So, come to your own souls. Let's all stand.